Let's have beauty conversations. Hello, everyone. My name is Kat Hinkle. And I'm Julie Dietrich, and we are licensed cosmetologists and makeup artists based in the Midwest. And we're here to have conversations about all things beauty. Hello. Hello. How are you? I am wonderful. How are you doing? Doing pretty good. What a great, just nice, relaxing weekend we just had. Yeah, really was. We made some, we did some crafts with our little baby for the grandparents for the holidays this weekend. Oh, that's so sweet. Hopefully, hopefully they like it. Oh, I'm sure they will. Who wouldn't like arts and crafts from their grandchild? <laughs> well, hopefully. I try to make it so it also is something that they'll enjoy. You know, that it's not just like scribbles on a piece of paper. It's a well thought out kind of put together gift, hopefully. so. Yes, I'm sure they will love it. I hope so. What did you do this weekend? Yeah, so we decided to just do like a whole like organizational thing. So um, my husband's building um, in our guest room, he's building out the closet just to make it more functional. And so this space is actually usable because the way that it is right or that it was before he built out the closet was just not very like storage friendly. Like it was really just usable to like stack some boxes in and like hang some things. So he actually went through and like built all these like custom shelving. And then there's just a small place to hang because we don't need to hang that many things in the guest room. So it's just much more functional now. So we have actual like storage in there and and it made sense for us to store like our luggage. So like our suitcases and our like traveling bags and things like that, because we would pack them with our clothes on our second store, our second level where our bedrooms are just makes sense to have them stored up here versus in the basement um so anyway so that's what we did we just kind of like organized and got rid of a bunch of stuff oh my gosh you wouldn't believe all the stuff that we like we had in that closet I'm like why why are we storing this in here how nice I want to do that that sounds amazing yeah so that was a good feeling and it was just kind of rainy and kind of cold so we really it kind of felt like a good time to do that since that we had a bunch of outdoor things we wanted to do but we couldn't really get it done since it was kind of rainy and cold so we got some inside stuff done anyway oh good well that sounds really great well I wish I had been a little bit more productive like that Oh, well, I'm sure you will. <laughs> I'm sure you will be. <laughs> it's like next to near impossible when you have a very little one. That's just. I know. Uh, it, it really, it really is hard. So hard. Uh. So um, I wanted to talk about today on today's episode, um, some frequently asked questions. So basically like you and I get a lot of people who ask a lot of repeat questions. Like we get a lot of the same questions over and over again, um, which is great. But I figured let's address some of those questions on this episode. That way, since they're kind of frequently asked questions, then people will have those answers. I thought that was really a good idea. Yeah. So one I know you had mentioned to me was, and I get this too. I've gotten this one as well. 
um, but maybe asked in a different way. But I thought it was funny the way that you had said it. You get a lot of people who ask you, am I a winter or a summer? Yes. And all the time. And I think, you know, I don't even know how far that goes back. It goes back a long ways. Yes, because I feel like that is sort of like, at this point, a little bit of an outdated term, like, you know, saying that you're a winter or a summer, you know, based on colors, just because I feel like the makeup industry in general has just come so far from basing colors off seasons like that. Right. And you would think, but it is asked to me like that more often than not. It is so, and I, and maybe it's just because people are joking or they know that, you know, it's just a term that they've heard forever. And so they're just, you know, kind of homage to it, but um, I've been asked that all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think too, a lot of it came from maybe when I worked in um, the cosmetic industry too, uh, at the malls and everything, because it was just, I don't know, it was just such a slew of people and they were thinking of clothing and everything else while they were there. And so they thought about that. Um, but yeah, so, and I hate that question, which is really funny. So I got asked that more often than not. And I really disliked that question because I felt like that really put everybody in a box. Yes. Um, and you know, yes, there are people that have warmer skin tones. Yes, there are people that have cooler skin tones, but really, and like you're saying, just the way that the industry has evolved, but not the industry even, but just colors and general like there are so many hues and shades and tints of one color that I feel it just really depends on your personality and your own tastes you know if you like a blue but maybe and I know it seems funny to say like a warm blue but um if cooler blues like if a purpley blue is right there's just such a range that you could make it work for yourself I feel I don't really feel like there's one color that would be a huge faux pas that I can name right away by looking at you um because there's just too many to count you know and um so there are the universal colors that look better on everybody else um like I think a peach is just kind of warms everybody up makes people look healthier um corals things like that where I don't think you could really go wrong um but then again you know like a I'm not talking like super bright crazy electric corals again there's such a wide range when you say stuff like that um but you know I really do feel like you just have to look down and see what your tastes are and what you like and then stay true to that and especially too if you feel comfortable in what you're wearing and your look then I feel like your confidence is what makes you look becoming so you know if you feel comfortable in what you're wearing then gosh darn it you wear that and you do you (laughs) (laughs) exactly like I don't feel like Uh, especially now where I I just feel like everyone is very free with the way that they look and the way that they present themselves. And I feel like we don't have to put ourselves in a box and say, I can only wear summer colors or I can only wear winter colors or I can only wear, you know, X, Y, or Z. I feel like you just, whatever you're comfortable with, obviously there are colors that you're going to feel better in. You feel more flattering in, um, 
like for myself, I've actually gone through phases. And again, it's a lot to do with what's trending. It's a lot to do with where you are in your life and how you're doing your makeup. Because again, like it evolves just over time. But there was one point in time where I remember I was really, really drawn to very cool, like cheek colors and lip colors, cool toned, um, kind of rosy, cool toned pinks and um, for my lips and blush. And then I kind of slowly evolved. And then I was getting more into like the peaches um, with a little bit more, a little more yellow and orange pigment undertones in there. So a little bit more peaches and a little bit warmer versus the cool colors. So, and I, and I enjoyed both on my skin and I feel like there isn't one isn't wrong, you know, they're both right, but it's just what you feel comfortable in. And again, what's trending at that time, because I feel like that has a lot to do with it. What influences, you know, how you're doing your makeup and what colors you choose. Huge. And I mean, and you have these great, big, beautiful brown eyes and it's true that, you know, purple or a royal blue with a purple undertone, you know, really make brown eyes pop. So for, you know, liners and stuff, that's always kind of a good, you know, area to stick in if you are looking to make your eyes pop. And then for me, I have blue eyes and the contrasting color is orange. And so anything with that warmth, the peach, you know, the corals always will make my eyes pop. Um, mm-hmm. you know, and for green eyes, I feel like the same, like purple does really well. Um, you know, so it, it depends, but of course too, like if I really, my eyes can pull gray or blue. So if I really want to enhance the blue, if I put another blue on, um, it'll do that too. So again, it kind of also depends on, yeah, like you said, trends, what you're looking to do and what your personal mm-hmm. preferences are. Totally. I feel like the last several years, um, nudes have been having a moment, like a lot of just neutrals and nude colors, both eye, eye colors, cheek colors, lip colors, just in general have been having a moment. I don't know if that's going to go away anytime soon because I feel like those are kind of classic in a way. Um, but I feel like those you can't really mess up if if you're just looking for something that's just going to give you a little contour and just a little bit of color um, without feeling over the top. Yeah. Nudes and neutrals, something that, mm-hmm. um, yeah, just is kind of like your skin tone, but enhanced slightly a little bit more. Um, exactly. You know, like the color of your cheeks when you get flushed or, you know, your mm-hmm. lips when you bite them, those kind of colors and then will just uh, tend to look more natural on you. For sure. Yeah. If you look at your skin and you, and you can see like your undertones a lot of times with your blusher, like, you know, you see how you look when you're flushed or when you're hot or, and just notice what kind of color you're seeing in your undertones. And if you get a blush color, a cheek color, that kind of a lip color that mimics that it is going to read more natural on you. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, and like you said too, I think not only trends, but age does play, you know, uh, preference like, oh my gosh, I used to wear so many electric colors and do some crazy things. And now, and it could partly also do the time that I have to spend on myself is kind of gone. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's more has to do with it now. Yeah. We have like five minutes to get, to get ourselves ready. 
morning. So yeah, it was so funny because we just had our family pictures done, and I my dad Facetimed me to see you know his granddaughter, and my dad was like, "Oh my gosh." Well, I haven't seen you wear it. Like, he was so shocked. He was like, what are you doing? It's quarantine. <laughs> He's like, where are you going? I was like, well, we're making- <laughs> <laughs> we have our pictures, but it's outside and we're all wearing masks, you know, except for when we're taking pictures. And so it was really funny. But he was just so shocked to see me all put together for the first time. He was like, I don't think I've seen this in like a year. I was like, thanks, Dad. <laughs> Yeah, right. haven't done a little face in a while. <laughs> no. <laughs> so funny. But what are some of the questions that you've gotten? I think you were saying, which I loved, because um, I get this question too a lot, is how to keep your under eye concealer from creasing. Yes, yes. So um, we're, it's going to be funny too. So I'll explain what I do, um, but you might have a totally different answer than what I have, which I always find fascinating because there's more than one way to do, you know, what we do and do, and to, you know, prevent things or little tips and tricks. And I just find it fascinating, you know, different people do different things and it's not that one works better than the other. One is better. It's just different ways of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple tips that I have that I can give someone is number one, you want to use a really good concealer because I feel like if you have a concealer that's too thick or it's not quite right, um, it's going to crease no matter what you do to it. Um, I've had some concealers that I've worked with and tried to love and just couldn't. Yes. <laughs> so that could be a problem. Um, some other things um, to look for, uh, if it's just happening like randomly, it could be, you know, you have too much under eye moisturizer on or you're not letting it dry before you apply your makeup. So, you know, your skincare is important, but you need to let it completely absorb into your skin before you start your makeup. Um, and so that could be another trick if you're using something super slippery or a moisturizer and you're not letting it dry completely and then you're slathering your concealer on top, um, then your concealer is going to move around. So, um, some other tips and these might be obvious, but, um, some primers, you can use, um, a face primer if you aren't already using one that does help adhere, um, the makeup to your skin a little bit better. Um, something that I do on models that I find works really, really well, um, is so when I apply the concealer and I will use a very, very small amount. And I usually use a little brush, a tiny brush to just dab it on just below the eye. And then I will take either my fingertip or a damp beauty blender and I will just very gently dab it in and you have your model looking up like I always say look up at the ceiling because it stretches that under eye skin in a way that's just perfect that helps you get in there and then I tell my model not to move to keep looking up until the um, concealer sets and then once it sets it usually takes like a minute or so to set to kind of dry and depending on the product. And then I will take a really, really good fine milled translucent powder and I will very lightly tap that on top, very, very gently tap it on top, either with a sponge 
a brush or sometimes I'll even take my fingertip and just tap on an extremely fine milled um, translucent powder. And that really seems to work really well. It creates like this very airbrush, flawless, seamless finish on the concealer. Um, so though those are kind of my basic tips that I would give somebody if they were asking that. And how about Yeah, I was gonna say actually a lot of those things were, you know, things that I was gonna hit up as far as, you know, your skincare. I feel plays a huge role in this and a lot of people don't think about it. Um, especially because a lot of people, you know, like for some reason, and it's probably the product has probably gotten better, but I used to get a lot of complaints where if somebody felt like their under um, eye concealer was creasing, it was when they were using oil of Olay, some sort of eye cream at night because it was so oily, which is, you know, I'm sure is fine for what it was designed to do. But then in the mornings, if they didn't wash it off or they kept it on or they reapplied, you know, something like that, it would just eat away at the makeup. Mm-hmm. So um, right. your what you use skincare plays a huge part. Um, but then also, you know, I think if it's, if you're someone like me or someone like you that has very oily skin, um, something that I swear by is even just in the same for, we're going to talk about this more, but to keep everything from running like your mascara onto underneath your eyes to keep your concealer from running is to have a really good primer on your eyelids because it also keeps the oil from trickling down. For sure. Um, so yes. I, you know, swear by that too. And I do love Max um, paint pots and they work really well for me. And I don't think mm-hmm. I can ever do my own eye makeup personally without it. Cause otherwise it just, my eye makeup will appear everywhere, but my eye. <laughs> and so <laughs> it really, really helps. And it helps to have the makeup adhere to it. So, you know, if you also have a really good face primer underneath your eyes, that's good too. Um, and like you said, I think, placement and not overly um applying the product really helps so you know everybody has that that vein that runs kind of along the inside of their nose like or the outside of their nose and the inside of their eye and down a little bit and I always concentrate it there and then brush it out um and you know just keeping it in that area where somebody really needs it and then having less where they don't is really helpful to keep things from creasing for sure yeah you never want to put on too much you just put on as much as you need for the coverage you need under the eye because if you're packing it on and packing it on that is going to create more chances for creasing yeah yeah and I mean and just think of it and you know if you it's not going to allow itself to do its job. So if you have a really thick layer on that top layer can't adhere to the skin, it's just going to move. Exactly. So yeah, it's all about your placements, your, you know, skincare, um, stuff like that really helps. For sure. So I'm just going to shout out a couple of my favorite concealers because I know people are going to ask like, what's your, what are your good concealers? Mm. So I'll just name a few that I personally love and I can vouch that I have used and they don't crease with this technique that I use. They have not, I've not had creasing issues. Um, so um, MAC Pro Longwear Concealer, yep. 26, love it. Um, 
that one's good too for oily skin. Um, the NARS Radiant Creamy Concealer, that's $30. That one I love as well. And it is good for both oily skin, dry skin. It's good for all skin types. And it is really, really pretty. It's very, very pretty finish. Um, and then the Cover FX Power Play, which is also $30. Um, I really enjoy that one as well. And that one is a little bit goes a long way. Because you, if you use, too, I find with that one, if you use just a hair too much, it can get a little bit on the heavier side, but it is pretty good coverage for just a very, very thin layer. Um, and my last one that I'll recommend for those of you who don't want a lot of coverage, you just want to just very, very lightly cover under eyes. You don't have serious issues. You just want something very natural. Like say you're not wearing a lot of makeup and you just want a little bit of coverage. The Glossier Stretch Concealer, which is $18 on Glossier's website is a really, really nice, very, very natural, very sheer, but still has coverage <laughs> concealer. I need to try that. I've heard good things. Yeah, it is a very nice one. It's not going to get, it's not going to give you, you know, the most coverage, you know, for somebody who really has dark circles or for somebody that really has a blemish that needs to get covered. It's probably not going to be your go-to concealer, but for somebody who just has some slight darkness, slight little thing that they want to cover. It's beautiful. It's very, very natural looking. And can we talk about too, you know, there are people and my mom is actually one of these where hereditary, like the skin underneath their eyes just kind of gets sunken a little bit. And so you can see Mm -hmm. your orbital bone easier and it creates a shadow. Mm -hmm. And so your concealer is never going to cover that because it's an actual shadow, not discoloration. And same with exactly. if you have puffiness, sometimes it's like this certain fat deposit underneath the eye that won't go away. And you'll know, you know, like if we drink too much and the next morning our eyes are puffy, you know, you know that. But if this is a natural thing that never goes away, that is hereditary, and that's creating this shadow, you know, that's not going to go away either. So packing more product on is not going to help. No. <laughs> so, you know, but I think it's hard. Like, and I think that people, because it is something that they're used to seeing, don't see it. Like, my mom really didn't see it. And I had to explain it to her, you know, that she couldn't pile a bunch of stuff on and it wouldn't be the fact of trying to make the concealer lighter. So, with that being said, you know, you don't want to go with something lighter because then if you're thinking about color theory, if you have some really dark underneath, you know, something dark underneath your eyes and you put something very light on top of it, it's going to make it gray. So it's not going to knock anything out. It's not going to make it better. And then you have a reverse raccoon effect. So, um, you know, be realistic about yourself too. And that could be another reason why your concealer is creasing just because you just keep packing stuff on there um, because you're trying to hide something when you just kind of need to embrace it. Exactly. Yeah. And if you're somebody that has like a really, really crazy dark blue under eye area that needs like a serious concealer, um, sometimes you can get away with, you know, a really, really good coverage concealer. And sometimes you have to go in and do a little color correcting um, with just a, like a warmer product, like something with a, maybe a little pink in it and just kind of dab that on first. And then on top of that, put your concealer color because that'll kind of combat that bluish yes. undertone. Yep. 
So we're going to, before we go on to the next um, question, we're going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Okay. So coming back, our, um, one of our other questions, and this sort of ties into the last one, is the, what is the best way to stop mascara fallout? And I've gotten this question so, so many, times. many times. It's crazy. So, Kat, why don't you start us out with what you... I would really love to have people. a dime for every time I hear that, because then I would be a millionaire. It would be amazing. <laughs> um so like I had said, you know, um, previously is that having a good primer, um, for your eyelids helps huge because it keeps that oil at bay and it won't cut through your, any of your eye makeup and also your mascara. Um, I love Mac paint pots and I really, I don't, I haven't really found anybody that it doesn't work well on. I really love the painterly and soft ochre because soft ochre is a yellow undertone. So people that have more of a cool undertone, I use that. Um, If somebody has a warmer undertone, painterly is really good for it. And, um, you know, it, it's just this very neutral skin tone and it looks beautiful. Um, and it just helps absorb that oil. And then I can put everything on top. It also helps grab the product. So any eyeshadows or eyeliners that you put on top look, you know, more like it in the pot itself. Um, and then for mascara, if they really are, have super oily skin or you're really just having problems with fallout, then I do like waterproof mascara, which I know a lot of people don't like to hear. But mainly it's because of the fact that they don't like taking it off or they feel like it, you know, hardens their eyelashes and, you know, it's too alcoholic and then it takes their, dries them out and their eyelashes fall out. If you have, and then a good, you know, like you were saying too, for the concealer, as long as you're using good product, that is not going to happen. And then as long as you have a good eye makeup remover, then your eyelashes aren't going to fall out. You shouldn't be scrubbing. You shouldn't have to be rubbing. Um, and the Mac cleanse off oil is something that we've talked about on here multiple times that I just adore and love. It'll cut through anything super easy. So I'm never scrubbing at my eyes. Um, and then what, what am I missing? Like, I just really love to like the, um, better than sex mascara by Too Faced is pretty great. Um, I do love Maybelline's mascaras, you know, and they win that little, (laughs) green topped bottle you know won awards all the time Maybelline Great Lash and um but I do love all the different ones that they've come out with recently and for a good over-the-counter mascara and I don't really see them falling out all that much but especially too because I use those different um layers like I said with the primer and everything else um usually try to go with the waterproof ones as well what else would you think or say yeah, so everything you said, 100% agree. Um, so some of the other tips that I've given is um, eyelash primers. Um, some people have claimed success with that, like doing a primer, an actual specific mascara primer prior to applying your mascara. Um, and then, yes, waterproof. Um, I've said so many times as well. Um And then one that I discovered more recently, um, and I've used it, this technique myself, and I've used it on a few people who have mentioned that they had a problem with fallout, has been um, 
topping your, and this sounds crazy. The first time I tried it, I'm like, this is not going to work. It sounds crazy, but it really works. So you just take a spoolie and you take a little bit of translucent powder and you cover your spoolie in the translucent powder. So after you apply your mascara and after it's dry, you apply the translucent powder directly to your lashes and it seriously works. And it seems like it would make your lashes not look right, but it doesn't. And it just looks normal and it really does help with transfer like prevent transfer and fallage um so that's been a big a big help um also just you know like Kat said like good mascaras like if you're noticing your formulation is just some mascaras just dry out really fast and they start to to create fallage quickly toss it get a new one or maybe just try a different brand You know, I've even had ones where I've bought them brand new, opened the tube, and I could tell that it was old. Like, it hadn't been used. It was brand new, but it had been sitting around and not, you know, sold for a while. And you can tell because, if, especially if you know that mascara and you use it, you know, you start using it, you're like, oh, it's normally not this dry and clumpy and it's usually very smooth. Then you just know that, you know, sometimes that happens. The manufacturer comes, you know, comes out with a bunch of mascaras and they sit on the shelf for a really long time before they're purchased and before they get used. And that does age them, even though they're not getting exposed to air, you know, they're in a sealed tube, but they're still aging in the bottle. So, you know, that can happen too. And that's, you know, it could, and again, if you know the mascara brand that you've been using, you know, it's either that or they change the formulation. So just experiment, see what works for you. Um, switch to the waterproofs. Try, maybe try the translucent powder trick before you switch to to the waterproof. Just, you know, if you have the translucent powder handy, you might as well just try it. Um, I've had some good luck with that. So, which sounded crazy to me. I'm like, this is not going to work, but it well, really Well, and I know does. a lot of people don't very like to hear this too. And they used to think when I was working for Mac that I was just trying to sell a bunch of mascara, but I am not working for Mac anymore. And I can tell you that it is true <laughs> that your optometrist really will tell you, you know, your mascara, you need a new mascara about every two months, essentially. And I know that a lot of people keep theirs for way longer. So again, like you're, you know, saying and kind of speaking to that is like, how long has it been on the shelf and how long have you kept it? And then how long, you know, is, does it expire probably at some point in time, but then also just for your own safety, they say to change it out after two months because really gross, but our eyelashes job is meant to keep all the dirt and debris out of our eyes And so when you're using this mascara, there's tons of gunk on your eyes. Um, And the reason why you don't see that buildup is because we have these little friends on our eyelashes that, you know, these mites that eat it and get rid of it. Um, Also, when we wash our face. But that's also why they say not to share mascara, because if you do, sometimes the little mites might not get along with the other mites. And then you start to get an eye infection because they've been killed off. And... Oh, yeah. And all the other gross things. But so, you know, just with all of that stuff that is actually on your lashes, when you think about it, you're like, oh, okay, maybe I don't want to just keep using the same wand over and over again, sticking it back into liquid that can then, you know, breed all sorts of interesting stuff in this dark tube. So I also think a lot of times these, you know, it's mascara is old for sure. 
Yes. And I will just add to this because I've, I have heard this and it really makes sense and it's true. Don't pump your eyelash wand. And what I mean by that is when you're taking your wand out of your, out of the eyelash, the mascara tube, don't like just use it. And then if you want to put it back in the tube once to get another coat for your next eye, that's fine. But don't sit there and like pump it in and out of the bottle because you're pumping air into the product, into the tube. And that is going to dry out your mascara faster. And that could be creating a drier formulation. And that does lead to more clumping and slowage and things like that. Yeah. So, and I, and you know, cause I know you're trying to like get more product on it. So you put it back in, you try to really get it in there and, but just, so just be mindful of that, not to like constantly putting your, the mat, the um, wand in and out of the tube, just put it in there once, you know, get the pro get it full of product and, you know, one for each, you know, eye is fine. It's more than enough. Yeah. So I had one last one which is what is the difference and how do you do it? And I guess we can just very generally describe it. Um, contouring mm. versus bronzing. I love that. So that's a really yeah. good question. Um, so as far as contouring goes, yeah. it should mimic. And I tell people this and they're like, Oh, well, that's kind of creepy. But I'm like, think of your face as a skeleton. So where the crevices are, the deep crevices of your face is where your contour should go. The hollows of your cheeks, like underneath your cheekbone, um, you know, your temple area, um, all that kind of stuff is where, because you're just accentuating your shadows, essentially. So when you are bronzing, you want yourself to look healthier and like you've gotten sun and been hit by the sun. And when that happens, then it's kind of like the high planes of your face, because then that's where the sun is hitting the most, um, the fastest, the easiest. So then I feel like you're doing more of like across the bridge of your nose a little bit, maybe a little bit on your, you know, the high planes of your forehead. And um, if you want to add a little bit on your cheeks, just to seem like you're flushed, you could do that too. Um, so it's actually quite the opposite in those two, I feel, that you do the contour in the, you know, the really like hollow places of your face. And when you're wanting to seem sun-kissed with your bronzer, you're doing a little bit more on the high planes of your face. Yes. And so just some tips for, for anybody who's interested in contouring and bronzing. Um, so when you're contouring, you can do it a couple different ways. You can do it with like a cream product, um, you know, during your foundation process, you can do it with like a liquid product um, while you're doing your foundation and do it that way. I'm sure if any of you have looked on YouTube or any of the tutorials, you've seen several different techniques of that happening. Um, you can also do it at, at, with the dry phase, basically like a powder. So you could use like a sculpting powder or there are some bronzers that you could use to contour very softly. You just want to make sure that the color is appropriate um, meaning that it's not too orange or yellow or too warm. 
for a contour because a contour, again, it, like Kat said, is different than, you know, the bronzer. And you also want to make sure that your contour never has a shimmer yes. to it because you, it's yes. kind of the opposite of what you'd want. Because <laughs> I've seen some people trying to contour with like a shimmering bronzing type product and that's not really going to give you the right effect. Um, so when looking for you know, a product to contour with, you know, you're looking for like, like Kat was saying, so whatever your skin would look like in the shadow. So it's not going to look, you know, sun-kissed like a bronzer would. It's going to be a slightly different tone. Um, I think a lot of, and not a mistake, but just like what a lot of people do is they take a, a color that's maybe too warm and contour with it. And then it looks fake because it's a little too warm to create yeah shadows are always shadow you know, effect, dark and that cool kind of- and the scary places that nobody wants to go and so you're never thinking yeah. like Ooh, you know shadows are nice and warm where I want to go cuddle up that's never yeah anything that people say yeah Yes. And then the bronzer, like Kat said, is put everywhere the sun would hit you, like, you know, your cheeks and the, you know, your nose and maybe on your forehead. And it's, and it can be warmer and it can have a little shimmer to it. I know there's a few products that I've tried that is, it's beautiful. It has a very, very, very slight, you know, enhanced kind of shimmer to it that can yes. be really, really I still really try pretty. to stay away from something that's super shimmery because, again, if you're wanting to look sun-kissed and the shimmer is making it look almost white or too frosty, then it's a whole different tone than what you're going for. It doesn't look warm. So it can have a little shimmer, but don't go frosty on it. Yeah, definitely not frosty. Like, thinking more like bronzy would probably be more appropriate. And then also, um, you know, well, for what we do, like with on-camera stuff, we tend to not do a ton of (laughs) highlighting like that unless it's really needed um, because it can reflect almost sweaty in some cases. But I will just name a few products that I like for bronzers I really like the cover effects bronzer in the color suntan and I feel like that color in particular works really well for lots of different skin tones and it never reads too orangey or too um too warm if that makes sense Um, Another one that I think is really pretty, and this one I have not tried personally, but I've seen other people use it, and it's really, really beautiful, is the Kosas Sunshow bronzer. And um, that one does have a very, very, very slight fine milled uh, glow to it. I really like Charlotte Tilbury has one too with like a highlighter and a bronzer together that's really nice. Yeah. Not too warm, not too cool. Yeah, beautiful. Hmm. Yeah, I've heard that that color in particular, her color is very universal and can, you know, work on a lot. Of I've really skin, liked it. I've used it before. Tone. It's really nice. And then I know we talked about translucent powder. So again, I'll just give you a couple that I like in case anyone's curious. So a translucent powder that I really like that's super fine milled and it really stays on the skin. It's not too mattifying. 
but still gives you that like, you know, sets your makeup really good. It's a setting powder is the Kat Von D Locket Translucent Powder. It's about $31. Um, another one that I really like, which um, it's, it's called the Makeup Forever Super Matte Loose Powder. I like the translucent natural color, which is, it's not white. It's kind of like a creamy color, but it is translucent. I just like the way that that finishes on most people. And that one's $31. That one is said to be super matte. I don't find it to be super matte. (laughs) I find it to be uh, just like matte, but it's not over the top matte, mattifying. So if I'm really looking to mattify somebody, that's not what I'm going to go for. But that is a really beautiful setting powder um that is i find to be a very fine milled so it's not gonna look um it's not gonna look heavy it's just very very natural yeah was there anything else that you wanted to ask there were no other um questions or anything that anybody wanted answered Not that I had written down. I mean, I'm sure I can think of more if I just rack my brain because I'm, and I'm sure you could too. Very <laughs> much so, yes. I mean, I think, you know, I was going to say something about lips and, you know, not wanting them to run or anything, which I feel like I haven't gotten that question in a while just because products have gotten so much better. Um, and there's long wearing lip products too. But I yeah, mean, when I think true. about it, I feel like if you could just take something home from all of this. It's just, again, you know, your skincare, making sure that it's it's soaked in. It's not just newly, you know, applied so that it's not breaking down the product and that you have a good primer or something underneath to help it stick. Um, and then if not, or in addition to having just a nice, really great translucent powder that you can trust um, to put on top. Definitely. Yes. So a good translucent powder is key because you can use it for so many different things. You can use it for your setting powder. You can use it to prevent, um, you know, the under eye creasing. You can really use it too in a pinch. If you don't have the, you know, Mac paint pot or any other kind of eyelid primer, I've used one of my go-to concealers on the eyelid topped it, you know, let, let the concealer dry. And then I've topped it with the translucent powder and that I used as my essentially, you know, eyeshadow primer. And that kind of created a even canvas, if you will, on the eyelid to apply my eyeshadow colors. And it works yep, beautifully as well. So and you then could do people that. People do too put a Kleenex over their lipstick yeah. and dust it on top of their, that Kleenex. And then it helps the lipstick stay longer too. Yeah. Exactly. So, so many uses for a really good translucent powder. I There's a bunch of other ones that I, those two, the Kat Von D and the Makeup Forever one, those are just my kind of go-to ones that I use in my makeup kit that I really love. I've tried many different kinds, but um, those are just my two favorites that I just are trustworthy do you have one that you translucent wise i really like um i use a lot of the um oh what am i trying the mac pro translucent one that they have um is really good and then i also like the Uh um rmc too i do enjoy it um i've been playing with that a little bit more i don't have as long of a history with it but i have been enjoying that one as well 
Good. Yeah. I, I like both of those as well. I've used both of them. Yeah. I, I, those are good too. Yes. Very good. Very good. Mattifying yeah. Well, yeah. And I think most of the time, powders. like you said too, with what we do, we kind of like it to be more on the mattifying side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. All right. Well, if there's nothing else, then I think we'll wrap it up. And you know what? I, if you think of any other questions, Kat, or if anybody listening has any other questions, um, let us know. You can email us um, at our email, which is um, beautyconversationspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can message us on um, Instagram if you follow us. Um, if you know us personally, you can message us. Um, but yeah, we'd be happy to address any other questions that anybody has about tips or products or anything. You know, we'd be happy to do another segment like this and kind of have another little, you know, frequently asked Thank questions you so much. type thing. Bye. Yep. Have a Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast fix. And if you haven't already, please rate and review us. See you next time.